0: Welcome to 97 Floor Radio. You're listening to an episode in the Mastermind Interview Series. Welcome to the Mastermind Interview Series. Let me tell you a little bit about it. We kicked off our first ever Mastermind in January 2018 with none other than bestselling author Seth Godin. And we're continuing the conversation right here with a series of interviews with some incredible thought leaders and visionaries. So if you want to learn more from the people running some of the biggest brands around, stick around. And be sure to subscribe. We'll drop a new episode in the series every single week. In this episode, we're talking to Jane.com co-CEO J.D. Stice about how Jane became the master of the online flash sale. Through her personal experience and stories, J.D. shares insider insights into how to give the customer what they're looking for, one discount at a time. Let's jump in. J.D., thanks
1: for making the journey. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a (laughs) long journey. at the track. (laughs) Now, I want to talk about First, you are the CEO of Jane. Co CEO. Co CEO. Yep. And I mean, honestly, I would say that the last time we were discussing, the last time you and I talked, I mean, it was two years ago, and so much has happened yeah. in that time in in every respect. So let's dive in first to your background in SEO, mm-hmm. kind of starting there to onboarding with Jane when Jane was way smaller. Yeah. And I mean, they were in the same office building yeah. as we were. So yeah. can you, yeah, take yeah, us on the bet. journey.
2: Yeah. So thinking back to 2004, that's when I got into SEO. That's the wild west days of SEO. Background. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, people were putting white text on white backgrounds <laughs> and it was very easy to rank for keywords, relatively easy.
1: Black hat
2: was where it was at. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone was just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, at the company that I was with, we were servicing small to medium businesses and SEO was a new service that we had for them. Um, and then a couple of years later, we got into social, but really my marketing roots are in SEO. Um, and now with Jane, obviously we'll talk about this, but um, it's been foundational for Jane and um, evolving as SEO does. Mm-hmm. but. You know, it's something that everyone, like we have a, we have an SEO at Jane and something that we, we continue to, to practice and keep up on, but yeah, that's my background is running SEO. Um, We did SEO fulfillment um, and then we moved to social media. And then I was working with the founder of Jane at the time. This is before he founded Jane, but um, he had actually hired me back in 2004 at this company. And um, after a few years, he left and... Once he got Jane started, like, we would meet up for lunch, like, every three months, just like, because um, we were, you know, friends, our families are friends. And he told me about this side gig that he had called Very Jane at the time, it wasn't Jane. And uh, I remember it had like, a 1000 people on Facebook that had liked it. And I was like, super stoked and impressed, like, dude, good job, that's yeah. freaking awesome. And then I kept like seeing it more and more that it was kind of like, blown up, it was more than just like a small gig. and he sent me a text saying, hey, what would it take to get you to come over to Very Jane? And I was kind of like, dude, like, there's no benefits. Like, can you, like, can we afford this? You know, like, not like my salary was crazy or anything, but like I was super skeptical because it was a startup, like a pure startup, no office. Um, He was actually working full time at a different job and just doing Very Jane nights and weekends. And he had hired our very first employee, Heidi. She was doing um, customer service. And we had um, his wife, um, the the, the other co-founder, Megan, she was um, like looking on Etsy and trying to find sellers to like do deals on Jane. And they were doing like one to two deals a day. Mm -hmm. And so when I um, was asked by Mike, this was in June of 2011 or 12, um, six years ago. Yeah. I went over to his house that night and I was like, tell me more like this is a huge step for me and my family yeah. you know to like, kind of just like jump ship and go to the startup because um obviously I, I said yes and i immediately began working out of my basement um, he was still working full-time at his job and nobody had an office and um, there was really just four of us and we would just skype all day and uh for about three months that's how it was and then um he you know we got to the point where because we put all the money back into the business mike and megan they bootstrapped the company we've never taken any outside funding and so when it got to the point where he's like all right now i can afford to put myself on payroll he quit his job um, and joined us full-time and we got an executive suite up at traverse mountain and it was three of us in a room our cto who's now our the co-ceo ryan burton Um, me and mike in an office and it was pure startup and it was awesome
1: yeah, how exciting is that? It was, it like, was scary back. and awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: both. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was all like, the
0: fields.
2: Honestly, like, like it wasn't scary. I guess it was just it was more fun. Like, this is, I don't know. It's we're seeing a lot of success early on, and obviously, just four or five of us, like, were able to see every action, like, the impact that we're making, and it was just kind of just a wild time. It was awesome.
1: Now, before we go into kind of your Right into the, the CEO, the co CEO. Yeah. Jane, it's daily boutique, boutique deals, but it's the art of the flash sale. Yeah. Which is an art.
2: Yeah, that's been our uh, bread and butter since day one. And really, this business model of this almost FOMO uh, there's this urgency, <laughs> there's this um, like scarcity to the product. And so, like, if we're selling that blouse, you know, it's on for three days. We'll sneak peek at the day before, which gets, like, our audience, like, coming back, like, what's going to be on, Jane? And it's really just a surprise every day, like, what's new? What's next? And that's that mentality that we kind of um, – that we're playing towards is that the same the same way that people consume social media is they're going on Instagram and Pinterest and, like, what's new? It's, it's a total discovery mindset as opposed to, like, a search-based mindset. And what's interesting is at Jane, like – I think five percent of users actually use our search bar they're coming to our site um, with no intention to buy any item in particular it's to experience and discover and you know we have we rely on a lot of statistics um and uh you know we track like 50 percent of the people that came to jane yesterday will come back today like it has that big of an addictive factor to it and so we play off of that and it's been you know Very successful.
1: I can vouch for that because I think when we met two years ago, I was telling you about my mom. She's the one who told me about, and she would get the daily emails. And I think it was before you had the app. It was just these daily deals, and any like what she was buying were things that I never would she have identified as like oh for sure before she went into that email. But it was just like this is so cool. I didn't even know this was existed in the marketplace and. It's a sweet deal. So she, not only would she buy one, but she would buy five, ten, <laughs> yeah. Of everything.
2: So, yeah, the price point makes it so that it's very low risk. I mean, it, and I we call it shoputainment. It's yeah, it's just you know, just it's discovery-based shopping at its at its finest. Which is like the exact opposite of what an Amazon or some uh, another marketplace is, where you go to Amazon because you need like a certain adapter for your cell phone or something. You don't go to Amazon, like, what do they have today? That's exactly what you go to, chain is what's on. Yeah. I don't and know it's, it's so on. accessible, like with our app and everything. Like, most people use our app and it's just scroll. And it's that same like behavior of just scrolling through and we're, you know, tracking the impressions and how far deep they scroll down and they get to the thousandth deal and they're still scrolling and mm-hmm. checking.
1: And the, the, the FOMO is the, <laughs> it's going to go away.
2: Yeah. So yeah. So expect urgency. and there's like limited quantities sometimes. And so uh, what's interesting is we we launch our deals at midnight Mountain of time every, every night. We have a new uh, like inventory changeover at midnight um, and we see a spike in traffic at midnight. Like we see this jump and it's been like that for seven years. This jump at midnight of people just camping out waiting to get those deals because they know like, their size, their, um, like the, the, different option could be gone by the time they get it. And so, you know, we have, and we, and we can see like where throughout the U S they are. And so we have people like East coast, that's 2am for them camping out, waking up or staying up or something 2am. We see people jumping on buying. And then once our daily email, you mentioned our daily email, that's like, um, our bread and butter since day one of getting people to our site. Um, That huge wave of traffic in the morning and then it kind of dips throughout the rest of the day. But in the morning, there's just this, what's on Jane? And then yeah, rinse and repeat every day.
1: Well, and you're, so your path there, because I mean, you are so dialed Like in our conversations that we've had, like you know your craft. You very specifically know Jane, but like the craft of, of the marketing aspect and definitely the technical SEO. I mean, what was it? Did you ever think that you would be a a co-CEO of the company?
2: Oh, no, no. Even today, it's like what's interesting. And um, Ryan Burton, um, he was our CTO. We started the same month um, and our founders, Mike and Megan. Mike, he was our CEO up until January of this past year, and he is now chairman of the board. And he's still very involved. He's the one that, I mean, he, Jane's vision and what Jane is and will become is a hundred percent him. It's in his head. Um, And it's been awesome to work with him throughout the years and kind of see that vision unfold and us like execute on that vision. Um, But yeah, now assuming the role of CEO with Ryan, um, it's a totally different perspective and kind of looking at Jane from a different view Obviously marketing's my baby and uh, I was over operations for the first four years as well of Jane. So I've seen almost every part of Jane, Ryan, obviously on the technical side, we have 50 in-house developers and product members. Um, But what we've done is we've kind of like divided up the business where I have marketing, um, merchandising, all the support teams, um, and then Ryan has all the, the dev, the tech, the IT, and finance. He also inherited HR, which is awesome for him. But but anyway, um, how we're kind of looking at the business now, it's way more about people and our employees and what drives them and how can we motivate them and set the vision for them and hold people accountable. And it's way more about culture than the day-to-day of, you know, executing on campaigns. And we obviously have very talented people in place. And that's um, the best part about working at Chain is who we work with. Like I pride ourselves in who we've hired and I'm lucky to be a part of this awesome group, but I feel like that's a huge differentiator. Our our, our company is that we hire people who are just, you know, rock stars and, and that really are just nice and are easy to get along with. We have a lot of fun at work and a lot of times it doesn't feel like work. And it's just because of the individuals that we've hired, you know, it's like, Check your ego at the door, and you know it's more of a, it's way more of a familiar feel. Like we we have a chain family in like the truest sense. That
1: also. is so true. I worked with a, f- a few people, and like how is everyone like a triple threat? Like how is everyone <laughs> so good? Plus also really good looking. Plus also like
2: so, so <laughs> all these things. So it's interesting. Like um, we try to me you and know, I try to interview everybody, and in the early days, like for the first four years, we literally interviewed everybody, and so um. It's just because we were smaller, right? And, and we could, and still, it's like super important that we hire the right people. It like that, but good to great. It's like getting the right people on the bus, Getting and, them in the right seats. Yeah, and they can move seats, and many people have, and I've moved seats three times. Jane, yeah. you know, I got hired to do marketing, and I assumed operations, and now I'm, um, you know, doing something else. And a lot of people at Jane have done the same thing, and it's awesome. And we want to encourage people to evolve their careers at Jane and, you know, once they get to that point where a new opportunity comes knocking, at least they had an amazing ride. and we hope that they they look back fondly on their time here at Jane.
1: Now, in terms of hiring people, um, you know, that adage of you hire slow, fire fast, mm-hmm. maybe give us some experiences where you knew, like, what you would evaluate in terms of someone who's not a good fit, maybe after they have onboarded. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, really, you never know. You never fully know until you get somebody on. Um and it's just important that like we try to have a a culture of transparency and accountability where you know you're able to but but also of empowerment where we want to give them the opportunity to succeed. And there have been times where it hasn't been successful and we need to part ways. Um but to your point, like Fire Fast, like the sooner for both parties the better, right? Because they need to move on and we need to move on. Um, it can be difficult but at the same time there needs to be that opportunity for them to um we obviously they showed promise we hired them for a reason and you know especially in certain positions we hire because we don't know what we don't know and we need to bring in outside influence like me mike and ryan's um expertise and job history like we've never done certain things and so who are we to say like in certain positions like yeah we should do it that way like we need to bring in some outside help and and when it comes to like a culture fit and if you know if it's going to to work sometimes that just takes time unfortunately sometimes it doesn't work out but for the most part it does and um i think that and and our interview process has evolved over time now um like four months ago ryan and i We had this initiative to roll out core values in jane and now we're working to operationalize those which includes hiring by our core values firing by our core values and really just setting that like precedent like this is what you'll be getting into when you come to jane what's interesting is um, mx they're two floors above us and two floors below us um nate gardner over there he like introduced us to this idea of how they like came up with their values and how ingrained they are into their culture. And so we've spent a lot of time with him. It's been awesome um, just to see how they've done it. And, you know, trying to take what that process is and jainify it um, to make it our own, it's still a work in progress for us. So really that's a lot of what me and Ryan focus on is, is that part of the culture of um, right now it's, it's those values. It's setting them in stone and operationalizing
1: them and they do a lot of heavy lifting. We talked to Rachel Hofstetter from Chatbooks and she talked about the five core values that they have. It's five points of a star and it really is like their north star of hiring, firing, moving process and yep. product and all the things. Yep. And I, in, in what she was saying and kind of what we we talked about was it helps further identify the culture.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's it defines people. it. It's funda- It's foundational. And for us, establishing them seven years after Jane is, was started um, was challenging because, of, you know, it's, and it was, we wanted to involve as many people, like everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't a quick or easy process. It was actually very slow and, and sometimes painful in like the best way possible because we wanted to make sure like, Hey, you know, we're at 170 employees right now for us to get a hundred to 300 employees, which we will like, we need to like have this strong foundation and, you know, because there's growing pains with having that many employees and once your business gets to a certain size, like we need to have these things like set in stone. And so. So far, so it's been it's been great.
1: <laughs> That's true. Rand Fishkin, um, he either wrote like wrote about this, or he had cited something where, um, people within a company they'll do an analysis and survey people, and if there's people that are just slightly off, what ends up happening is this. Oh, for sure. They're yeah, just sl- yeah, slightly off on the trajectory where you think you're all going in the same direction, where there's just a little bit of of nuance to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, so for us right now. With those core values, it's you know, we, we did a poster campaign because we want people's buy-in and feedback, and before we like start commissioning statues and murals across our company, but yeah. and then it's like truly operationalizing them. How are these baked into one-on-ones? How are these baked into performance reviews? How are these um, peer reviews um, baked into year-end bonuses? Like it, it's it's foundational to so many different parts of of everybody's job.
1: Yeah. can you speak a little bit to the process of identifying like what Jane's core values are maybe what you know they had, they had told you like how do you how do you start asking those questions yeah we went through this
2: exercise we went through this exercise um, I think it was two years ago and uh, again it was a long process of it started at kind of the executive team. And we also looked around at other companies of how they did it. So again, like how did MX come up with theirs? How did looked at Bamboo, Lucid, like a lot of different companies. So there's so many around here that um, have done a great job of implementing them and then marketing them internally um, and making them part of their culture and baking them into their business. And so again, it was just a, a lot of meetings um, and a lot of key people within um, like keeping us like banging that drum and keeping us like on pace. Um, HR big time, Um, but once we um, had, when we went to the entire company, we had this exercise where we asked everybody, um, list what you, what makes an exemplary like coworker to you, like what attributes makes, does somebody have that is just killing it. And so we took all of that feedback and then we tried to categorize them. And then from there, it's just like whittling it down and whittling it down and refining it and wordsmithing it and then um, surveying people and then bringing like focus groups in and stuff. And so it was quite the process, but we have five and we're bought in, we're sold and we love them.
1: So now you're in a new office space. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful office space. Um, It has a a barbershop in the office space, which I love. I've never
2: used it. Um, Have you
1: not? Oh, (laughs) I'm a
2: a bald man. Oh, okay. I have no reason (laughs) to even step foot into
1: that. (laughs) Okay. And then, I mean, it's so beautiful. Like that, that big kitchen space and just the, the, the meeting areas. Um, yeah. Now, was that a risk like moving into the next, the next space?
2: Um, for me? Yes. I'll <laughs> openly admit that. Um, and this just speaks to the vision that Mike and Megan have. For Mike, it was like this, like it was just very crystal clear. And at that time I we definitely. were in this building, third floor. Yeah, yeah. And we were here for like six months. And this was after we had moved out of, or yeah, we'd moved out of that Traverse mountain. Like we'd expanded into five executive suites at that Traverse place. so We had to like get our own space. We got 5,000 feet here. And I remember when we were building it out, I was like, we are never going to fill this. Like, this is way too much. And thinking about like the rent, and I was like, this is just too much. And within like six months, me and Mike had like bunked up. We were sharing an office. Like people were just like, like there would be six people in this room, you know? And we had an Xbox room, which we were super stoked about. And after <laughs> like four months, there was four developers in there. There was no, nothing, no Xbox. Um, so when he's, he's like, we need to get a whole floor. And we were working with um Bobby here at the park and finding mm-hmm. out the whole thing. And really, like it is a gorgeous office. And it all came from Mike and Megan, like of the inspiration. And and Mike really that summer spending a ton of time basically generally general contracting the whole thing, like very involved. He has his degree in construction management from UVU, nice. so put it to work. Yeah. And uh really just made that office what it is. And uh we're actually expanding to the fourth floor now. And so weaves out we're in and we demoed the whole like section and we're going through that whole process again of just trying to janify that space and it's um i don't know for me like i give so many tours and i've been there like i kind of am used to that but it's very i don't know it it definitely is like a differentiator when the whole purpose of it mike said was to make Jane a home away from home. And it truly is like we, not like, I I don't know. We like, obviously like having food and everything for everybody, snacks, but just the comforts of it and just the aesthetics where it, it, you know, we have a lounge that is like a true lounge Mm -hmm. and you've been in it. Nail polish, polish just
1: out hanging out. Yeah, yeah. and I remember the first time I toured it, I think you gave me the tour and there were spaces that were not set up yet like you hadn't filled it and i've been back in maybe the last six months and it was like clear that you were you're were getting to capacity yeah i mean
2: yeah yeah it's it's completely done and we even now have now that we know that we're expanding to the fourth floor, like some changes that we want to make to the third floor as well. You know, it's always kind of just like this work in progress. Bowling
1: but alley, you probably bowling need alley, something like that. There's a shooting range. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> the Xbox room dedicated yeah, we to... We do have one of those. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the important things yeah. to keep people yeah. happy and we're all high. <laughs> yeah,
2: but but honestly, like, like you know, walking around and seeing like pool table, ping pong, like that kind of stuff, like, of of course... Like, and people have fun doing that, but I think that just the detail and the, I don't know, to the extent that Mike and Megan went to, like, um, even, like, the furnishings and stuff, it just makes everybody feel very welcomed. Absolutely. It's it's a very, like, welcoming space.
1: Yeah. Um, The care and consideration is obvious, plus it's aspirational. Yeah. Like, I... I think I slowed us down on that tour. Cause I was like, no, no, no. I need more photos because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is goals right now yeah. for me.
2: Yeah. But yeah, as we, as we continued to like expand and now we're at capacity, like I remember we had a kid's room and we had it like sound dampened and we had like toys and like, um, that quickly turned into a photo studio set of necessity because yeah. we needed that. But some things have stayed the same. We have a mother's lounge, mother's room. Um, we have an activities room where we have yoga and some other workout stuff. I don't know. I don't use it, but, <laughs> um, yeah, just making sure that employees feel like, you know, they're comfortable and that they they are welcome to change, you know, always.
1: So let's go back to um, starting out as, as marketing director and then COO. Um, what was that transition like?
2: Yeah, so it was um, wearing both hats. And so with marketing director, now that was – when it was me, Mike and Ryan, marketing director, I could have given myself any title, but it was me doing marketing. It was a one-man show, I set up our first AdWords campaign, signed mm-hmm. up for share, so like it was just, you know, me wearing all the marketing hats. And um, I was fortunate enough to hire one of my good buddies from a previous job, Marcus Wicks. Um, he's now our um, marketing director. And now I think we have like 23 on our marketing team um, and we do everything in-house um everything app acquisition all paid social pr influencer um and it's all just continues to evolve you know but me as marketing director that was just me doing 100 marketing and then with coo it was taking over really the operations of our support teams um our merchandising teams us being a two-sided marketplace having know to focus on acquiring sellers or acquiring customers but also balancing the sellers that we have we need to onboard new sellers we need to um you know work with our existing seller base and train up sellers and um that's really um part of the business that i didn't anticipate me loving so much was the fulfillment that i get of seeing our you know sellers have success and um i think that as a marketplace compared to like an Amazon or an eBay or something like we truly want to see our sellers succeed. Um, We've always said their success is our success and we dedicate a lot of time and resources and money to um, helping them because we truly consider them as partners. And so part of COO is, you know, over the merchandising and the seller, you know, development and management side of the business as well.
1: And you said that starting out you were, I mean, Two sellers a day and now. Two deals a day, yeah. Yeah, two deals a day. And now, I mean, how many deals a day? I
2: think we're doing like 420, 430 right now. And then in holiday, it'll get up to like 600 a day. But so, and the last three days, so at any given time, there's 1,300 deals on site. And uh, it's a lot to manage for sure, <laughs> which, which, you know, to Ryan's credit, building the infrastructure and all of the technology to manage all of that. I remember when we were doing two to four deals a day, it was very easy for us to email sellers and then e- email us back pictures and um, descriptions. And we would manually input all of the information the day before. And it was very time consuming. It was very manual. But, you know, we started to scale by hiring more and more employees to do that. And I remember when we got to doing about um, 50 deals a day, it was like, this is crazy, you know, like every night we were staying up late and it was fun, but at the same time, like that was the point where we were like, we need to invest in building a technology where our sellers can um, have this portal. Where they can submit deals where we can then um, gather all this data and have a calendar and start scheduling out because we, before we were just using that Google calendar and Excel. And so Ryan and his team built this entire seller portal um, that, you know, We've been using for the past four years now and it's been uh, really enabled us to, to scale and it's been a lifesaver for our sellers as well because it's um took a lot of um a lot of just the back and forth to empowering them to just very quickly and easily input you know, deal submissions and deal ideas and stuff. So that's how we really started scaling was by building our own in-house technology and everything that we, that our entire platform, um, all of our apps and sites, it's all in-house, homegrown.
1: And for these sellers, you know, I've, I've looked at a number of the sellers. I can imagine this is a big book of business for them. For, to get. Some of them
2: yeah. yeah. And what's been awesome is seeing as we've grown up and we've like, you know, as Jane grows, our sellers, some of them, we were their very first deal ever. And now they're, you know, they have 30 employees and they, you know, are selling on other channels. And um, it's just been really awesome and rewarding to see those, I don't know, partnerships like evolve. But yeah, we have a lot of sellers who Jane is their primary channel. Um, And it's, for me and Ryan, it's a, Big responsibility. Not only like when we think about the Jane family, like internally with employees and uh, making sure that you know we're supporting 170 people and families, but with our sellers as well, we have 2,200 active sellers, and you know a lot of our sellers we know very well, and we want them to you know feel that partnership and that support as well. With our business model, we don't take any of the, of the inventory. It's a uh, very low risk for us on that end, and so we want to make sure that. They feel comfortable and confident um, selling on Jane because they're the ones that are putting that those those dollars into actual product, you know, and it's in their their warehouse. And if they don't push it, then that's a, that's you know something that they have to worry about. And we want to help them as much as possible. So it's a really unique dynamic, and it's been really fulfilling and awesome.
1: Yeah. Um. So transitioning into CEO. When you got the call or did you know that was coming? Was that kind of the, Um, it was going to eventually happen?
2: No, not, no, 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 but. Surprise. (laughs) I mean, it was, yeah, it wasn't like I got a call, but we, we discussed, um, over the holidays, we discussed that as an option and, uh, but yeah, two or three months before that. No, like I never thought that. And sometimes I still think like, any,
1: yeah, <laughs> this is your life now, JD. <laughs> was there any aversion for you or was it, yeah,
2: oh, I know this no. company, I know, yeah, let's none, do this. None. Yeah. Okay. And, and I can speak for Ryan as well. Like, of course, like we'll do anything for the, like, you know, this is, I consider like Jane my baby, you know, and yeah, I don't know. I and I think a lot of people do at Chain and especially what's awesome is that we have um like great employee retention and a lot of people have been here for many years and um you know they're fully bought in and I don't know of course like when that option came up, you know, the possibility of hey when Mike was talking to me and Ryan like I want you guys to be co CEO it's like of course we will, you know, we'll do anything for Jane. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, in terms of evaluating though, evaluating each new setup, I would think it'd be interesting. You'd have some good advice for those, maybe jumping to a new company, but how do you evaluate like the next role and going into that? Like, am I going to be successful?
2: Oh, sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I maybe am drawn to that, like unknown the like I don't know. Of, Thrive
1: in the unknown. Yeah. Let's just like, figure it out.
2: That's part of the excitement yeah. of it, of why not? And let's see what happens. Like, I don't know, when you're surrounded by, by by people that you trust and that you work well with, like, it takes a lot of the risk and fear out of making decisions. And especially when you have like, you know, people backing you, like family and um, friends that are confident in you, like why not? I don't know. I I had no reservations, (laughs) but yeah, when you're evaluating something else, like, you know, when I was evaluating coming to Jane, that exact same mindset of trust Mike and why not, you know, like what's the worst that can happen. And there's a lot of opportunity here, especially in in Utah County and Salt Lake County of there's a lot of work and there's a lot of uh, smart, um, Individuals that teaming up together, they could make whatever they want. And it it almost seems like there's a lot of low risk. And so you might as well try it, you know.
1: So maybe, I mean, I guess part of that would be definitely align yourself with some like minded individuals that you trust. But the rest is, from what I hear from you, it's it's figure outable on the ground.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That probably takes a certain mindset. But I mean, thinking of friends that I, have who are very risk averse and that's fine and i wouldn't want to necessarily not saying change is risky but in building a business um you know you you want people who have that entrepreneurial mindset not everybody has that that's okay you know that's totally fine but it does take that entrepreneurial like startup mindset and that's something where we have 170 employees right now, and I still feel like change a startup, like it still feels startup-ish. It still feels like, and me and Marcus, our marketing director, talk about this, where in when I first did our AdWords campaign, I used one of those $100 coupons, right? Yes. So, and I wanted to stretch as much uh, those dollars as far as possible, and we still do. Like when we test out, you know, Snapchat ads or, you know, promoter pins or whatever, like if it's a $50 campaign or if it's a $50,000 campaign, like we have to treat them equal, you know, like, um, it's that whole startup startup mindset where we don't look at it. Like we have huge budgets and let's just like blow money. It's like, let's stretch these dollars and let's make it work. And let's be creative. And I feel like that's really gotten to ch- chained to where it is right now. Just that mentality and that mindset. And we don't want to lose that. And that's something that as CEO, um, me and I both, we just want to make sure like that culture and that, um that drive like stays as we go to 300 employees like and it's possible i know it is but it takes effort and it takes being very intentional of who we hire and how we manage and how we hold people accountable and um i don't know just making sure that we stay startup-ish
1: yeah i mean I've, i've talked with a number of CEOs and they said, you know, keeping that startup mentality, being intentional, being mindful of every dollar spent, it gets harder. The more people that you onboard, because there's naturally like a a sprawl in in terms of the tensionality of like, well, you know, we have bigger budgets than than we've ever had. So a thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars here. It's like, no, no, no. We need to dial it back to when you had a hundred (laughs) dollar coupon and you wanted to make it work for your business. Yep.
2: Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's a certain mindset. And on the marketing side, um, having somebody, you know, at the top that has that mindset, but also making sure that we're hiring people that think like that and that have done their own thing. You know, when you like are moonlighting, like starting your own website and you have to fund something yourself, you think about money differently than, you know, if you just, all right, we have $20,000, we need to spend it. How can we? It's, totally different so yeah
1: spend it or I'll lose it kind yeah. of mentality <laughs> yeah. now in terms of um failure I, I like to ask the question of you know how do you turn this idea of failure and it could be a little demoralizing into like how do you press through that because it's a natural part of yeah. business right oh for
2: sure yeah um thinking back to maybe hires that we were super stoked about and you know promising and that didn't work out like you know in retrospect we just have to make sure that we're learning from those mistakes um there's always going to be failures in campaigns and you know lots of areas of our businesses and just making sure that we don't repeat them and that that we're very honest with ourselves of what happened and taking ownership into how we could have improved, you know, certain situations or scenarios and um, just, you know, being self-aware and I guess vulnerable to recognizing when we need to change, you know, ourselves. And so, I don't know, that's a constant thing. I think we're always gonna have failures in our businesses.
1: Yeah, I think people, I mean, we naturally want to avoid those.
2: Absolutely, and, and for marketing, like, we, we look at those um, when it comes to testing out new campaigns, new verticals, new channels. Like, we're all about it, knowing full well we could fail. But in retrospect, like, what can we learn from it? Um, because it could be a huge success, but yeah. we're not willing to take those risks. Like, how would we know? And that's okay to have failures. Like, that's part of evolving. And I think that, you know, part of a good strategy is trying new things and you're not gonna win every time, that's okay. But planning for, I guess, planning for failures, um, in a sense of, but knowing how to like, um, learn from them and and use that information to make better successes later on.
1: That makes sense. I know whole teams that they, their perspective is like, what can we break today? Yeah, Let's <laughs> <For sure. laughs> just go into that with that mindset. Yeah. So it's just not daunting. And obviously they insulate against, you know, repeating those mistakes, but the idea is like, let's power through the mistakes that we might ultimately make anyway and just like be intentional about it. Yeah. Love it. Now in terms of, I guess this last question that I ask everyone is what do you hope to be remembered for that legacy?
2: Um, me personally, at at Jane. yes. Um, the thing I care about most is that our employees are happy at Jane. Like, I try to be very positive, and I just want people to love being there. And so, hopefully, they see that I love being there and that I love Jane. Um, but really, you know, that's where my mindset goes is how can we make Jane the best place for you? And, you know, if you're in the wrong seat, if there's issues, if we need, like, I just, I want people to know that I truly care. And they felt like JD cared about them, you know? I don't know. That's what I would hope.
1: And that is so present just in the first time I met you and you walking us around and introducing us to people. It was, is this like unassuming, like, just human factor that you had with every single person. You were like this proud <laughs> papa bear, just like introducing me to almost everyone on your team, and it was just like so yeah, natural. Am, and thank you, I and am quiet. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, thank you so much for for chatting with yeah. me today, for for sitting down and taking the yeah. time. This has been really, really fun.
2: Yeah, thank you, appreciate it.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode in the Mastermind Interview Series. If you did, don't forget to subscribe. You can also catch us at 97floor.com where we'll have show notes and links to resources along with the video interview for this episode. Or you can catch us on our YouTube channel where we have many more in-depth conversations and how-tos about all things digital marketing, business, culture, and thought leadership. Until next time.